All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Achebe's, A Street Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another cracking interview with special guest in MX2 Ace and popular American rider Jack Chambers of Steve Dixon's big van world MTX Kawasaki, fresh from racing, madly based on the weekend. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Yeah, life's good, man. Uh, you know, it would be better on a boat in Florida right now, but uh, hey, I'm getting to travel the world and race my dirt bikes, so I can't complain that much. Yeah, mate. So the weather in England's just starting to turn a little bit, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some cloudy skies and, you know, starting to run some clear lenses again because the sun's not out. So, yeah, a bit of rain, kind of dodging the rain, finding some tracks and stuff. But, yeah, it's all in fun and uh, you get to enjoy it and have a, a good experience while at it. Yeah, mate, it's awesome. You're making the bold move to come over, you know, with Steve Dixon and the boys and obviously the Zach Osborne influence. We've spoken a couple of times and, yeah, massive respect about what you're doing. It's really cool making the most of the chance and the opportunity. So, but I guess before we get into the rest of it, how was the weekend, mate? How were your thoughts on the track? Everyone loves it. Pretty cool. Close to home for you, wasn't it, mate? So, wasn't bad. Yep. If you had the starts, I reckon you had the speed to run up there a bit more with those heavy hitters because you look at the lap times and the segment times and you're not really that far off, mate, especially in that second moto. So, yeah, just your thoughts on the weekend in terms of the track and the racing. Yeah, so, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of debrief over the weekend about the, the race positives and negatives. Um, yeah, I mean, Saturday was awesome. I loved the track. It was super fun. Uh, still obviously takes me a bit to get used to, to these new GP tracks. I mean, I went out first lap and was right next to Kevin Horgmo and he was triple and triple in, in the rhythm section. And I was just like, dude, like I've been to the track to do starts before and seen it when it was grass. Like I know where I am, but like, yeah, it was, uh, these guys know exactly what, you know, the, the turns on these tracks that they haven't changed in a couple of years. So I guess it would be the same way in the States if they, they came over there, but, um, yeah, at the P10 in the in the quality race, I actually got a terrible start. Um, and just normally my my specialty, or you know, I guess I would get lucky on the first laps. Um, just kind of slicing through people and just sending it. Uh, I got up to about 12th or 14th, and by the end of the moto on the last lap, I passed for 10th. So, uh, couldn't couldn't be too too mad at that. Um, with three months off the bike and really only two races before that, one GP. Um, yeah, I was happy with that and went into Sunday with, you know, a bit of, I wouldn't say, you know, confidence, but just felt like, you know, I, I'm here, I'm, I ran the laps that they did, you know, I'm not far off. So Sunday was all right. Uh, we were struggling all weekend, just kind of with bike set up and I, I really haven't done any testing at all this year. Um, it's just been tough with, you know, I did the, not the first seven rounds. I did seven rounds. I started the third round of the series and, uh, throughout the season i was just trying to build 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 the whole time and um yeah i uh never really got a chance to you know just take a couple weeks and, and test and get the bike better um so i think you know starting we started back third third round and then tried to work our way up through the season um then got injured so i'd say not too bad for for coming back and um racing there but um yeah on sunday uh first moto was terrible uh just couldn't really get i was all honestly locked behind somebody 
and and couldn't get past them. The track was super one lined. Uh, finally opened up a bit more and got a, ru- a bit rougher in the second moto. Um, just struggle with with bike setup and suspension. Really, I hate to be that kid that comes off the track and is like my bike, my bike, you know. Um, but I uh, actually went out there today on Matterly and tested on the gnarly track, and now we have a setup that works. So um, stoked on that and thankful for the team for for being able to put that together. Um, but yeah, then the the second moto. Uh, I honestly did not know until like halfway through that I was in seventh or eighth place. Um, sometimes I just wouldn't look at the pit board, just like just hammering. Cause I thought I was in like 15th, like I needed to get to the front. So, which at that point you would think you'd look at the pit board, right? So somewhere in there, click, but no. Um, yeah. So I was just charging. And then I know Kevin was behind me, like, um, pretty soon after the start in that second moto and shoot for like 20, 25 minutes, we were just hammering. Like I I knew he was there and I knew I had to go forward. I really didn't know. I knew I was in about 10th, but I was actually in like seventh or eighth. And um, yeah, we just kept pushing, kept pushing and I'm just fighting the bike the whole time. And I was just basically destroying myself. And, and uh, if I would have paced myself, maybe I wouldn't have lost those couple positions on the last lap. Um, but I kind of just gave it all I had in the beginning. And, uh, I mean, I got blisters on my hands where normally I don't get blisters. So that track got chewed out and, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. You know, I had a good time battling in the beginning. We, me and Kevin actually went back and forth a couple times. I, and I just kind of made a last bit of effort to, to stay in front of him. And, and at that point, you know, a bit embarrassing for me because, you know, when, once he got by me, it was kind of like, like I just kind of almost dropped the anchor a little bit. Um, thinking that I had a a big gap behind me and just kind of misjudged that. And, um, but Hey, we're here to learn and and get better. And I think that with the circumstances I've been put through to come here and, you know, be on a Kawasaki, never ridden before, obviously I'm six months into this now. So don't have those excuses anymore, but you know, lack of testing and all that stuff. I think that, uh, I'm honestly, with all that said, I'm in a good spot for next year, um, to be where I am right now. And, and to to only be at I'm technically at the bottom. I can only go up. So I think with a good off season of testing and some good training with Zacco in the winter, I can be, you know, fighting for podiums next year is what I want. So Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I guess they're not really excuses when you're so new to all this stuff in the world championship and it is a really high level and it's a lot to go through personally, physically, mentally as well, mate. Obviously weather, environments, cultures, there's a lot of changing going on, mate. So and every week, and you're starting from a deficit because those guys have raced those tracks for years and they know the environment. Yeah. They know all the little details, the ins and outs. And I guess how was the fitness? I guess you were saying the fitness is pretty solid, but the bike time was what you were missing. So to get 10th yeah. MX2 World Championship race with so many factory guys out there still, mate. And obviously, Yago wanted to end off his MX2 in style there. So those guys were still pushing, yeah. mate, in the championship. You know, the positions under Adamo were up for battle. So... Mate, you should probably look back and think it's actually pretty good in reality, considering all you've been through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I come off the track, and and this weekend I was super thankful for my, my mom to be there as well as my sister. Uh, my dad hasn't been able to make it to any other races this year because he's still paying off the bills from uh, all the American racing. So uh, <laughs> glad, glad I, I'm I'm on something now where he doesn't have to spend any money on me, and you know, one day I can give that back to him and. And uh, whether that's with a championship one day or, you know, I get to buy him something in the end. But, um, 
yeah, super, super thankful for my parents. Really, honestly, this opportunity wouldn't be even possible without him. And, and same with Zach. Um, but yeah, to, I normally try to, after the weekend, just, you know, look at it as a whole, you know, I'm, I'm still racing a dirt bike. I'm still walking, you know, uh, breathing and, and getting to enjoy life and travel the world and, and do what I love. So I can't, uh, I can't get too of a, a negative perspective on each weekend and always look back on it with some positives. And definitely, you know, the positives can be, you know, obviously they sound like excuses, but to, to start out with, with where I was to not have the testing and, and time on the bike, then get injured, then come back and, and still be fighting in the top 10 for, for positions. Um, obviously if you go and look at my results, you know, on, on, on paper this year, you know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, write that, you know, write him off. But, um, there was a lot of, a lot of circumstances in the beginning of the year that, that are tough to really even still talk about. Like, it's just frustrating. And now I think we have it sorted with the team and, uh, we won't have too many more engine problems, but, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of the gist of things at the beginning of the year. And I think that kind of just depleted me a lot mentally and, and physically as well, just, you know, scared to ride the bike. Um, but I'm in a really good spot now and the bike is, is fast. It, uh, feels great. And I'm, like I said, can only go up from here and I feel like I'm in a good spot. Yeah, mate. Well said, obviously a lot of growth and a lot of learning experiences you've got in getting out yeah. of your comfort zone and racing against these guys and traveling all these cool countries and seeing these tracks, I guess, talking about tracks, mate, how have you found the track prep and just the tracks in general, the ones you've raced, obviously everyone in America and you know Australia and Europe, they all go on about how good Madeley Basin is. So how was it on the weekend for you compared to the other tracks you've raced in America and in MXGP paddock? Yeah, so honestly, my, my two favorite tracks, well, there's three now this, this weekend, was Switzerland. A lot of people didn't like that yeah. one. France, a lot of people didn't like that yeah. one. And Matterly. So I don't I don't know why, but the common thing is that black gumbo dirt, which I don't ride, but it gets good ruts. For some reason, this weekend didn't get the ruts I expected. We have a, we had a lot of rain this week prior to the race, and I was thinking, you know, th- there are some people running paddle tires in in warm up on Saturday because they thought it was going to be so deep, but it actually dried out so much that they were putting water on it after warm up. So. Um, but yeah, back to your question about the tracks, um, Switzerland was awesome. I loved it. It wasn't rough though, which normally I like the rougher tracks, um, with a good setup is always a bonus (laughs) this weekend. I struggled with that. Um, but yeah, France was good. Um, I was P seven in the second moto chain snap, two laps to go a couple laps. I don't know how many laps left, but yeah, just bummer results on some of them but um yeah this weekend saturday was awesome obviously it was overcast and the moisture was still on the ground and stuff um super fast like wide open everywhere um which i don't normally like smooth fast tracks because like uh at the british race in qualifying um at monster mountain like i think i was like p7 or eight i was like like it it doesn't matter to me for for that for qualifying because i know that in the race the guys that aren't you know, qualifying third and fourth aren't going to be up there at the end of the moto. So, um, yeah, I, I tend to not like it when it's flat and smooth and just wide open, but I do like the faster style tracks. Um, so I, I feel like it definitely lended to my style. Um, 
But the prep for this weekend, I was told it was going to be ripped deep and rip, you know, watered crazy. And, and it just didn't, didn't form like that. And the States, if, you know, this was in the States, obviously the ground will probably be a little bit different um, because the closest we can get to that is like Ironman. And I feel like it's a mix between Ironman and like Paula, which is complete opposites. But Paula gets those like chuck holes, hard breaking bumps, but it has softer soil dirt. And then Ironman has that hard base where it gets blue groove, you know, it gets chewed out. And that was almost like a, it's a weird combo to say, but that's kind of how it ended up. But there wasn't ruts down the straightaways. There wasn't many ruts in the corners. It was mostly one lined, especially on Sunday. And, you know, for, for passing, that's seems like it would be great. You know, you don't have that many lines. You can just kind of cut, go wherever you want, but everything kind of flowed in the same direction. Track flowed great. It was super fun, but uh, yeah, for, for the prep wise, it was a little bit different than what I expected. Yeah, it's pretty cool insights there, mate, just hearing you, because obviously you've got some pretty unique experiences racing in the US and Europe. So now I'm sure the fans will enjoy that, mate. And how's it been working with Steve Dixon as well? Obviously, the guy's a master on bikes, so much knowledge about everything in the sport, must have so many cool stories. And also working with Courtney, obviously WMX champion. So pretty cool, mate. You have a good bit of banter back at the team truck and just it's a good vibe going on there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. With uh, with Steve, uh I always just try to give him shit because he, he loves it. He feeds into it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're at the track today. And he's like, why are you going so slow in this corner? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're going like three miles an hour like a granny. And I'm just like, oh, let me hit it again. So he gets his stopwatch out and he's like timing. And he's like, oh, you just want a half a second faster in that section. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, why can't you do that every lap? So, yeah, it's fun, uh, especially with Courtney as well. Uh, she actually just flew back yesterday in New Zealand. But, uh, yeah, at the beginning of the season, we were just going to the track together and, you know, jamming out the music in between sessions. It was sick, honestly. It was it was, it was almost like a, a moto vacation just hanging out, which yeah. honestly sometimes isn't good because you need to be hammering. But, like, on these tracks in England, it was tough. Like, you couldn't just go out and hammer motos because it was so hard, such hard-packed tracks and, you got to make it to the race on the weekends to for anything to pay off. So um, it was more just, you know, get the laps in and, and ride. And, and that was the toughest thing for me because, you know, I, I'm living in England, which is great. You know, I don't have to change it or learn a new language, obviously. Um, and it's easy to eat, easy to order food, you know, all that stuff, which would be tough in Belgium or, you know, Netherlands or Italy or wherever else I go, would go and ride, which I have done recently but I didn't get to do that at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, with, uh, with everyone at the team, it's, I mean, it's a good vibe and stuff. So uh, I obviously try to keep it fun. I, I like to play music in the pits and not everyone is like in, in with all the American music and stuff, but I'm sure if my American buddies were over there, we'd know every word to all the songs and just jamming out. But um, I actually got, I actually got Courtney on some Morgan Wallen. Do you know who Morgan Wallen is? No. You've never heard of Morgan Wallen? No. I'm old, mate. Oh, good Lord. You need to look <laughs> him up after this call. Okay. I, it's country music, but it's it's not like, you know, like uh, real Southern country music or like real old, like, you know, like old country music. It's like a newer style country music, but like um, all the kids in the States love him and he's like a, I don't know, he's, he's super famous and stuff, but... Okay. uh. 
we went to a Post Malone concert together, me and Courtney. Obviously, Morgan Wallen doesn't come to Europe, <laughs> but uh, if we're in the state, I want to go to, I actually had tickets to go to a Morgan Wallen concert. My mom got me for Christmas, but obviously she didn't know I'd be racing MXGP, <laughs> so I didn't get to go to that. Um, but yeah, uh, she got listening to some country music and stuff. So yeah, it's been pretty sweet. Oh, that's cool, mate. How's the lifestyle been in England, mate? Have you enjoyed it? Have you, you know, you picked up some hobbies? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time over there? And what sort of foods? And you adapted all pretty smoothly to it all. Any sort of key takeaways there for you? Yeah, I just had some Nando's. Nando's is my new favorite. <laughs> We've so, got that here too, um, so it's man, solid. Honestly, I feel, uh, I feel pretty lame being in England. Like back home in the states, like especially in Florida, like year round, you just do whatever you want like i get done riding if i have a cycle or a gym you know get that done and i go to the lake ride my jet ski or you know swim or go on the boat surf whatever uh and then here it's kind of like you know i get done with my work i go home and just get ready for the next day ride my bicycle something i enjoy riding my bicycle to the mall down the road there's some there's some some ladies there maybe checking them out um but uh yeah just uh i don't know i feel like it's it's pretty low-key it's just a simple life here and nothing really to to get stressed out about or just kind of easy yeah mate awesome and when you went back home during your injury recovery must have been pretty awesome to catch up with all the family and friends and they would have been so interested to hear about all your adventures and the racing and how all the experiences have gone mate so how was that i guess in terms of that and also the process of the recovery was it pretty sort of just frustrating i'd imagine having them sit out when you're making such great progress yeah yeah they're definitely sitting out with with how much progress i was making and and just getting better each weekend especially with with uh france being you know just a couple rounds but two rounds before i i hurt myself um but yeah coming back home there's a, a lot of family dinners and discussions about the future what it looks like and you know debriefs on the year and and honestly like my my dad has been you know in the states it's it's been it was all on him um to really kind of put everything together for me yes i had a team and stuff but throughout the week and ordering parts and stuff and trying to just save as much money as we could and and still do it and make it worth it for me um and and get me through the process of it all so it's kind of flip-flopped uh he was before pretty negative always gave me the negative side but he's just you know he's obviously my biggest critic and also my biggest fan would do anything in the world to help me um but now he's like such a fan of it he loves it so much like he just misses it because he can't be here every weekend helping me he's like calling me after qualifying and i'm like that it's 4 a.m what are you doing up he's like i wanted to see your times i'm like it's warm up dude it doesn't matter he's like well i just wanted to see i'm like go to sleep it's okay he's like well how's your bike i was like ah well you know it's all right like it could be better well, what needs to be changed? Send me some videos. I want to see what's like. And I'm just like, I love it. But like, uh, he, he loves it so much, man. And, and, and I just want nothing more for him to be able to come to every race. But you know, he's, uh, he's back home grinding it out in the summer heat, working his ass off. So, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have two parents that, that love me and can just provide like they did for me to get where I am today. Yeah. That's awesome. Mate. But, uh, yeah, about the, the recovery and stuff like that. I mean, I uh, in Germany, obviously, I was going to race Sunday after I broke my ankle on Saturday. Uh, I didn't know I broke it. Uh, I, I, I 
knew I broke it, but like x-rays didn't show. And the guys were like, oh, it could be old. Like I rolled my ankle so many times, but I just knew something felt different with this one. I didn't know if it was ligament or, you know, it just felt like it was rolling inside my boot, which is a weird feeling. So, uh, yeah, we got a x-ray and I, I have you know, doctors at, at my fingertips at all times with, you know, everything I have in the States and it's super easy and, and very fortunate to have that. So I was literally just texting my doctors, you know, calling them, explaining how it feels and sending them the x-rays. And they're like, well, you need to get a CT scan in the morning. Uh, do they have a CT machine? And they actually had a CT machine. Um, so I got a CT scan and it clearly showed there was a clean break right through the, the, the talus, which is the big center bone in your foot, which holds all the pressure in your weight from your tibia. Um, and yeah, snap right through. Um, and I had already made plans to go to uh, one of the sponsors of the team, actually Big Band World. He has a, a boat, like a yacht in uh, Mallorca. Uh. And it uh, it was almost not going to work because I was like, I need to get home. I got to get surgery. And uh, I actually looked at flights Sunday. Weren't going to be able to make them. Looked at flights for Monday to go to, like just straight to England, straight home. And uh, it was like 12 hour travel days, like two layovers. I'm just like, what is going on? Like, why are these flights like terrible? Like, so then I asked my mom to look. She couldn't find any. It's like, screw it. I'm going to Mallorca. Yeah. So I went to Mallorca with a broken ankle on crutches. We had girls on the boat. Like, it was sick. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So, uh, like, literally, right, right after I break my ankle, I'm just going out, you know, go out on the boat, having fun. Like, my mom was like, "What are you doing? You need to come home." I'm like, "Mom, I couldn't come home." She's like, "Yes, you could." And I was like, "Well, I wanted to go to Mallorca." Like, anyways, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of ended up working out. I I wanted to get home and get it fixed as soon as I could, honestly. Um, but yeah, I ended up working out. It was cool to to go down there with one of the sponsors of the team. But yeah, came back home. Two days later, I had surgery, um, and then obviously after that, everything kind of slows down. You really don't know what to do, and I couldn't walk, couldn't put weight on it. I mean, I couldn't even move my ankle for like three or four days, like at all. And uh, it, then you just get sitting in your in your bed, and your your mind's running about negatives, and you know what what's the future gonna be like? And gosh, like, am I ever gonna be able to run again? Am I gonna you know, just obviously I trusted the doctor and I trusted everything that, that, you know, the process and, and believe everything happens for a reason. But, uh, yeah, there's just, everyone goes through it. It's just tough to have an injury, especially when things are going in a positive way. And yeah, I mean, eight days later I was, uh, spinning out on a bicycle and, you know, things started looking positive and could see the light at the end of the tunnel and started making plans for coming back. And then I started cycling outside and then I started walking more and then I was like, yeah, like I'm going to be able to finish out the season and, and, you know, come back. And, and my original goal was to come back for Turkey to race the last three rounds. Um, and then we just decided that it's not like I'm going to gain any more for, for one more round, um, and flights and getting all the bikes and stuff there and travel. And I had only ridden a week and a half, two weeks at home to, to just get back in the flow of things. And, Came straight here, went to Italy to test because that was uh, not the test, just a ride really it just uh, before before the first round at Majora that I came back to. Um, but yeah, it's just it felt like slow as it, you know, as it was happening. But when in the end, everything always goes so fast and you're just like, boom, right back on the bike and ready to go. And I uh, I was told that 
my ankle would take, uh, I don't remember, I think it was, he said 12 weeks non-weight-bearing, and then another four weeks until I could get back on the bike. So I'm, like, sitting in there, like, doing the math, like, shoot, like, yeah, I'm not making it back for the end of the season. Like, there's no way. After surgery, he, like, lowered the time frame. He's like, oh, it wasn't as bad. You know, 12 weeks, you could be back from the bike. 12 weeks. I'm like, shoot, that's that's Majora. I'm like, no way. I could be back from the bike and race that weekend. But then I go in for a checkup, and he's, like, still telling me that time frame, still telling me that time frame. And I was just like, there's there's no possible way. Like, I'm walking on my ankle. It feels fine. Obviously, I'm a athlete, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm perfectly healthy. I'm this, I'm that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to argue with the doctor. But I had a lot of other doctors that I was talking to and, you know, a physical therapist that I see, honestly, three times a week to get everything back. And that's the most, honestly, without writing that I've literally just grinded it out, like through whatever pain that it was and, and just kind of put my head down and just said to myself, I'm going to come back at the end of the season. Like, I need to ride. I need to race whether I needed to or not. Like that was my goal that I set in my head after I got hurt and made it happen. So, um, yeah, thankful for all the doctors that I have and stuff, but, and for Zach too, like being able to, to use his tools and his knowledge of people that he knows, um, is very helpful with his career as well. So. Yeah. It must be so cool having someone like him in your corner and also all the family, friends, doctors, and also your mindset yeah. obviously pretty good, mate, to keep in a positive, you know, space because it's not easy in those situations, I'd imagine, mate. Yeah, exactly. You know, doing all you've given up so much. But I guess looking at some of the tracks you missed, I guess you're pretty comfortable in the sand, aren't you, mate? So you wouldn't have minded hitting up Lommel. And also when you actually got back to the racing, how was Majora? Obviously a special place, a lot of American history there as well, mate. Did you find it as amazing as it always seems to be, you know, looking in? What were your thoughts on those couple of things? I've... I think it would have been a really amazing if they put an umbrella over the track before the weekend. <laughs> um, but good Lord, it was so muddy on Saturday. And even into Sunday morning, it was still pretty muddy. Um, track, uh, I assume it broke down differently than it would have if it was a normal prep weekend. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just got super chewed out and the hills were fun and, and everything was, was good. Uh, I think the, the second moto, I finished 12th. Um, and yeah, that, that, you know, it wasn't a terrible weekend to come back to, to racing. Uh, obviously I, with how many rounds I missed, I was kind of back almost like a restart for me being at the races again. Uh, we, we just took the, the van down there to, to keep it simple. And, and luckily we did take the van cause of how much rain there was and stuff. And obviously the paddock was, was perfectly hard, but, um, would have been a lot of work for the team, uh, with, with Matterly running this weekend as well. Like, to to have the team and everything go down there in the truck when it has had to be at Matterly for setup and all that. So um but yeah. And uh I'm not I honestly don't know all of the history at Majora. Um I've obviously seen tons of videos and stuff and you know it's been there for a long time and I'm sure Steve's raced there, you know, of his thirty four years of career, you know, he's been running the team. I'm sure he's ran there seven hundred times. But um yeah. It's got a special aura about it, mate, like a cool vibe about it. A lot of the riders say they sort of feel that sensation when they go in there. It's all the history. And did you get that, mate? Or yeah, not? it's it's cool, honestly, because it's just it's small. Like it's not like a huge place. Like Matterly's huge. Um, 
but this place was kind of small. It it just said like everything about it just says Italy. Like Italy, like there's tiny cars, there's just tiny little nook places that you never think about. They're like super nice areas, and yeah, it was cool. The fans were amazing, and um, I was sitting on the line in the second moto and actually saw a couple American flags out there um on the start line so i was like pumped up i was like let's go like my yeah. fans are here <laughs> no, that's awesome mate. and just how the sand skills coming along obviously you're pretty comfortable in it you miss Lommel, but did you sort of get to belgium a bit and do some training and just refresh the skills there as well yeah uh that's the plan for for next year uh we're definitely gonna get to Lommel. i mean obviously that's the track they race on it doesn't break down like it does at the race uh, normally in the week, as as I've heard, obviously it's still Lomo, it's still bottomless sand. Um, the closest thing we have to that is uh is still not Lomo spec, um, in Florida, but we have this place called Croom that uh it when it rains, you know Alden's guys go there still, and and um some of the other boys that train there in Florida go, um, but yeah, that's the closest thing we have to Lomo, so I'm definitely gonna have to get out there and and get comfortable on that stuff. I love the sand. Uh, I actually have never raced Southwick, um, which I wanted to really do this year. I was looking forward to it because last year I got injured. I, I raced two rounds of outdoors last year and got hurt at the third one, um, tore my ACL. So I really haven't had much outdoor riding at all. Um, the most I've ridden outdoors is this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to Lomo next year. A lot of people probably would think I'm crazy for looking forward to that race, but like just the experience and just – like I want to get my ass kicked in the sand, so then I know like what do I need to work on, what do I need to you know do to get better for for the next season. I'm bummed I missed it this year for you know that experience and knowing you know when I go back that you know what lines create and and just how the track flows. But yeah, it's part of it. So yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to look forward to, mate. And obviously you're confirmed to be doing MX2 again next year. And I guess the future is at the moment staying in the world championship for the foreseeable, mate. It's pretty exciting what you're doing and. I bet, you know, a lot of fans in America are definitely following the GPs because you're in it now. So that's pretty exciting. Have you got lots of good messages from the fans and support from back home following yeah. your progress as well? Yeah, it's been cool. Uh, obviously, I'm not like, you know, top guy or winning races and stuff so for them to be like super pumped on me racing. And, you know, uh, obviously the, the results this year aren't what I expected. But, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to to getting this, some, this off season to – to go out in next year and and uh maybe have some some more american fans come over to watch me race because they want to see me win so that's what i that's what i want that's what i'm just going to strive for whether it takes another year after this year or not but that's the end goal obviously that's everyone else's goal on the line too so but uh i wouldn't say i'm going to be too far off um obviously there's a lot of things i got to clean up and just kind of hammer it out this winter but to be to be running where i am right now um you know, beating, beating race winners, running with race winners and, and still having lap times to run up front. Um, just, you know, there's, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and everyone's obviously just trying to find their, their best way that fits them to put it all together. And, um, you know, just like Horgmo had that weekend in, in Turkey, he put it together and he got a race win and same with gifting. He led nine laps there. Um, yeah. So all the boys have been on it, but, um, it just, just whoever's whoever's got that much more on uh, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, mate, it's going to be really cool. And obviously, what's your plan like leading into the motocross of nations with Puerto Rico? Really exciting opportunity. I remember we spoke earlier in the year about how you were with Team USA last year with the Red Bud and the Lawrence brothers hanging out with them because you're mates with them and you were sort of in and around the teams, sort of 
one foot in each camp, I guess you could say, mate. So how much are you looking forward to actually racing it this year? It's going to be yeah. amazing there. The chainsaws, the flares, everything. Oh, yeah. Fires, mate, you should be in for a real treat there at Ernay. Yeah, it was, it was honestly like, uh, I guess I kind of took it for granted last year a little bit, uh, being that it was at Redbud. I've been to Redbud before. Uh, I've seen those, not that amount of fans, but, you know, obviously Redbud every year is huge. People have train horns and, you know, they don't have, we don't have as many chainsaws in America. I'm not sure why we haven't got there yet, but just the horns and some little squeakers out there, but they're making noise. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be insane. Uh, I'm glad to be on the track this year instead of just standing in the pit box with the GoPro uh, for Jet last year. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, they're, I'm basically racing all the same guys I race every weekend and on the same starting grid and everything. So I'm comfortable with it. And um, yeah, I'd rather be doing what I'm doing now in Race Nations than you know, start kind of like I did at Switzerland. Man, at Switzerland, I was going on the track at the wrong place. I was missing what time i needed to be up there and so you know luckily the the schedules are pretty similar obviously it's still completely different with being that there's three classes and three races and then the combined and everything will also be a lot quicker than than a normal weekend and we have that hour in between each moto on sunday so you know i get food i take a nap sometimes and you know just kind of chill out and then i'm like oh yeah well all right it's time to go like just kind of relax but you know, at the States, like you're come off the moto, you don't have time to shower or anything. Like you get off straight in the ice bath out, dry off, gear back on goggles, ready, you know, get your water and go up to the line. Like it's just so fast, so rushed, so quick, but that's how they can do it in one day. So yeah. I definitely think the two day event, I mean, I've ridden technically how many rounds did I did? I've done nine rounds of GPs this year. Um, I think so. I did seven, got hurt, and then came back and did two. Yeah, so nine rounds of GPs this season. So I basically did eighteen rounds of U.S. outdoors in my mind. Like I did two days each weekend. You know, obviously the Saturday at a GP, you don't have two races, but you still have a warm up quali. And quali, you're pretty much sending it for you know, yeah, at least a total of fifteen minutes. Um, and then uh, the the qualifying race is still twenty five minutes. So um obviously you have a little bit more longer motos than saturday in the states but i think that's the difference of of a lot of the reason why the guys that come from here and go to the states just have that extra bit and you know i, I wouldn't say more endurance or more fitness like everybody's going to be at the top of their game and their, you know their fitness is going to be the best it can possibly be but to go through you know and to be able to manage a weekend is tough as well you know like I've had to to focus more on just doing enough laps to get a fast lap in qualifying because I would just go out and race the qualifying time qualifying, never come in, never change any clickers, never come in for, Hey, what segment am I slower in? Like, where do I need to pick up? Like those guys do a couple of laps, get their time. They come in, you know, sit there for a couple of minutes. All right. Tracks forming up a little bit more. Maybe they overwatered at the beginning. I'll let the track, you know, break in a bit, go do my fast lap, the very last lap. You know, I'm just out there just yeah, like hammering and then qualifying race and then I'm smoked. So I just had to learn. Thanks, Shiri, a lot. So is that knowing that now and learning from that? So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, mate. And how have you found the qualifying race format? Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about it with the points now being included this year. Have you found it a good little 
warm up, I guess, on the Saturday. It's kind of like, say, having an extra moto, really, isn't it? Because it's pretty intense and yeah. everyone's going it for those points. So what's your take on it? And I guess what's the opinions you've heard about it from, I guess, Steve and everyone around? Yeah, I mean, well, every time you line up behind a gate, everyone's going to go. Like, you can say, you know, oh, well, it's just a qualifying race. I'm going to get where I get. But, like, we're racers at heart. Like, I've said so many times that coming back from injury to my parents, oh, I'll, I'll just go ride, you know, I'll just go, go easy. Like, you're going to go out there and send it no matter what. And if you're in 12th and you want you, you have expectations of being fifth, you're going to send it. So, uh, yeah, definitely it's good, honestly. You know, gets me that extra time. And I feel like I'm, you know, obviously those guys – they're not making anything up. They've been there this, this season. Obviously, there's been guys with injuries. Um, but I think a lot of the injuries this season have, have come from, you know, how long the season is, how much we're riding, how much we're racing. And and to be honest, it's it's a, di- a, a lot different than a normal training schedule in the States. Like, if I were to race in the States, you know, I, you'd fly in Friday morning or Thursday night, you know, race your race on Saturday maybe get a Saturday night or most of the time days you rest day, Tuesday to ride if you want, but you can ride Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, race again on Sunday here. You're racing two days on the weekend. You're going to take Monday off for sure. And then you're going to ride Tuesday, maybe Thursday, depending on how far the flight is to the next race. And you know, you, you may get one or may max two days riding during the week. So it's not like you have a lot of time to make changes, adjustments, get used to something else and, and then go and perform on the weekend. So it's a lot of managing and, just my opinion from what I've heard. I don't know Hurling's training schedule, um, but from the outside, really looking in, I've heard that he rides so much, like, and that's great, like, good on him. But like, to ride that much for me during the season, and to be able to go to the races and perform at my level, and where I am, how old I am, like, I don't feel like it's it's reasonable. I'd go into the weekends completely drained, and and to be honest, I feel like that you know, lends more for injuries and he's been hurt a lot. So uh, I don't know if those really match up or somebody could be listening to this and be like, no, you're completely wrong. But like, it's kind of my opinion. And, and uh, Prado, I mean, this year he really just kind of just like Dunge in the States, like just really just kind of was so consistent and uh, yeah, he maybe not won every round, but he was, on the podium, I think every round, but maybe one or even every week, every race. So, um, yeah, that's just what it takes. And same with Adamo. Um, yeah. Look at the two guys that won the championship. They were there at every round. So that's definitely something that, that, you know, Zach, Zach can help me with the managing and, and just day to day, week to week, you know, race to race type stuff. Um, so I think that's really big and a lot more important than the States being that the States is two different disciplines, um, supercross and motocross. Yeah. It's a really interesting point you make there, especially about hurlings. Cause obviously he wanted just to get all those races and gate drops in as much as possible. He was racing in England and France back home. Like he was doing every little race he could and he trains like an absolute animal too. And yeah, it's just sad seeing all those injuries, but I guess he feels as though he needs to do them. So, and obviously it does put himself elevated. Well, yeah. Level. And- for some people, you know, that, that works and that's just the way they're used to it. That's just the way they are. And I think for, for someone like me, you know, obviously I'm young, I can probably put myself through it, but how long is it going to last? How long can I make it? You know, can I make it to the whole season while doing that? So, but then there's that also like that doubt you can put in your mind by thinking you're not doing enough laps, you know, 
he shows up at the, at the races every weekend and he knows he did the most laps this week. He put in the most hours. He put in the most work. Why can't I win? You know? Yeah. So then there, you know, if someone like that, that maybe isn't riding as much in the week, they, they have that self doubt, whether it's they're doing the right thing and hurlings isn't or vice versa. Um, I think that that is something to really weigh out for, for me for next year. And like I said about the qualifying races, just managing the weekend. Yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. Yeah, well said. It's also like mental edge, I guess. You hear guys like Floyd Mayweather say they like trading at 3 a.m. because they're putting in work where everyone's asleep. And I guess trying to put the impetus back on their rivals to make them get some doubt going, like you said, mate. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah just your thoughts on, you know, what the next steps are for you, I guess, in terms of, you know, beating these guys like Adamo, obviously Yago's leaving, but Simon Lagenfeld of the Conan brothers, DeWolf. There's so many guys in there. And I guess even just watching guys like Prado and Fever are the key things you learn because there's a lot to take in from how those guys do everything from manage to race to technically there's so much, isn't there, mate? Yeah, exactly. And and I think that at you know, someone like Prado's level, he's been doing it for enough time and, and I was at the awards the other night and just listening to him to what he was saying. Lisa asked him, you know, what can you attribute this to and how how have you been able to be so consistent this year? And he hadn't been so consistent in the past. He's learned from it. He's had the experience. And for someone like me with no experience or someone like, you know, the Conan brothers, they've been racing the MX, but they haven't been in the MX2 class. They haven't had as many rounds. And obviously, Lucas is super fast. Um, but, yeah, he just had the, some inconsistent results um, this year. And same with me. Um, so we're, we're young. We're learning. And I think Prado just and, – and same with, with Jet. Honestly, like, they just – they, I wouldn't say they had a head start, but like they're just a step ahead, you know, a step ahead of everyone else in their in their schedule and their maturity of riding, and um, yeah, I think for for me, my plan is just you know, it's it's definitely not to stay you know in the same spot I am and just kind of manage because I you know if my dad likes to keep my dad's favorite saying is you keep on doing what you're doing you're gonna keep on getting what you're getting yeah so uh just got to add more to it and just keep grinding and, and just, you know, keep come, climbing up that ladder. Um, I was texting Zach earlier today about it and I uh, was telling him, you know, what, you know, what my goals are for next year and stuff. And he's like, before any of that happens, you got to get a top 10, you got to get a top five, you got to get some podiums and then comes a sprinkle of a win or like Conan, you know, had that win in his hand. And then, you know, whether it's chain broke or, you know, he, tuck the front or you know whatever it is like have those moments of you know glimpse of hope and then you're like you know trying to grab onto it and like once you finally do like Prado has done getting the experience and stuff like that is just you know you can see it at, at any supercross race you watch I feel like it's the most evident there you know you see a guy go and win he gets the red plate he goes and wins the next round he goes and wins the next round he gets second at the next one and he's just like on a roll, on a roll, on a roll. And Zach and I have talked a lot about that as well with, um, you know, trying to manage the highs and lows of it all. And being that, you know, you say, say I go in, in this weekend and, and got third. Yeah. Sick. My, my ended my year off. Awesome. And then go to nations and get 15th and beat by all those guys or, you know, whatever that is. And then it's like, like, what am I doing? You know, like just like Conan this weekend, I think he finished 12, 11, mm. you know, like right behind me in the second moto. Um, and 
you know, he's probably scratching his head. Like what, what went on? Like, you know, I, I was winning races earlier this year and, and it's just, it's hard to manage. Like just, it's so much about just being able to, to manage the year. I know I've keep saying that, but like, mm. that's just the biggest thing. And for me, I'm not saying this by any means from experience, but just from, from seeing it all and listening to the guys and, and I like to, to learn and, and, you know, observe on a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I don't, I don't mind following, you know, my opponents and, you know, whether I'm seeing what they're doing or anything like that. Like I've got to learn somehow, what are these guys riding? What are they doing during the week? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm new to this, you know, for GPs and for, for racing pro in, in general. So. Yeah, that's really cool, mate. I guess Prada only won two overalls, I believe, this year. So it sort of shows a testament to what you're just saying. It's like you just got to be there. And Adamo, he was yeah. there, wasn't he? He stayed fit, he stayed healthy, he kept grinding, kept picking up the results, avoided injury. And that's half the battle a lot of the time, isn't it, in motocross? Because it's pretty brutal. It can catch you just like that. And with there's nearly 20 MXGP rounds and, what, 31 races in America, there's just so much racing. You're seeing guys getting injured a lot. Do you think there's too much racing even, maybe, mate? I don't know if it's too much racing, but I think that, you know, back Steve's favorite saying is back in the day or, you know, <laughs> back when I did it, back when I did this <laughs> back in the nineties. Um, but yeah, back, back in the day when Carmichael and, and Reedy and Stu were, were all, you know, b- right before their time, you know, when they came in, it, it changed a lot. Uh, and especially with RC being that, you know, training and, and kind of changing the sport and same with Stu and, and Reed, like all those guys just took it from, you know, the level of uh, when, you know, Jess Stanton was riding and um, Emig and, you know, Ferry, that was kind of like just the time right before, you know, the Reed, Stu and, you know, those guys um, kind of right at the end of, of uh, Ferry's time and, and all those, they just went to the track. And you know, race the race, went out partying at the night, and you know, it was it was more like for fun. They were probably making just as much money as we are now, but like or more. And but they were just it was more for fun. It was a show. It was just the fans loved it. And and now it's it's such obviously it's a sport. It's such a high level sport. You can't just you know I, I'm not taking anything away from the riders back back then or or the way the tracks were built. Obviously the the bikes were completely different. They don't have the the suspension travel and the engines power that we have nowadays. But um, yeah, just just the the aspect of that is just so so different for for training wise. Um, I think that it's completely upped everyone's training. Everyone's putting in the effort, and if you're not, you're not on the gate. So. Yeah, it's a high level you guys are operating at. And I guess, like we were saying, having someone like Zacho, he's lived it and done it and won so many things and just achieved so much in the sport in both sides of the globe, I guess it's pretty cool. And I believe it's his birthday today, isn't it, mate? So happy birthday to him. And uh, how cool is it having him yeah. in the corner, mate? Because that knowledge, you just can't buy it. you got to live it and earn it. Yeah, it's, yeah it's awesome. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I've explained the, how, how it all happened for me, but... Um, when it, I uh, was in 2021 after Loretta's, I had scheduled surgery on my back because I had a uh, bulging herniated disc in my L4-5. And they said the only way to fix it was surgery. And I was fully committed to the surgery. And uh, who knows where I'd be right now if I did have the surgery. Um, but I messaged, literally just DM Zach on Instagram. Maybe he'd respond, um, see my message. 
And I was like, what are you doing for your back? Uh, I saw that he had been mm. in the gym a lot or, you know, working with this, you know, this guy. And I asked him for, you know, his contact and stuff. And if I could join him for a session one day and, and just check it, check it out and see if it helps. And this was right before Loretta's. Um, so I went in and had one session with this guy um, and met Zach. Like I'd never met Zach before. Uh, I'm sure I've seen him at the races, but um, yeah, never met him before. And just like what's up man he still says like cool guide him i don't really believe that but he says like cool guide him in the gym he still says it to our trainer every day he's like yeah this guy cool guide me when you first walk in the gym but like whatever it's not like he's that special right like he's not like he's won four titles or anything like so anyways yeah so um i i had one session with this guy went to loretta's my loretta's wasn't terrible finish wise but I mean, I struggled the entire week with, I literally couldn't put my right leg out in the corners. Um, like my back, I literally, my back was like a snake. Like had, I didn't have, I, I don't have scoliosis, but like it induced scoliosis because of like my muscles just cramping up on one side. And like, I literally was so depressed. Like it was such a bad time in my life, honestly. Like it's just, even to look back on it now, like I don't know how I got through it. But I've literally it all changed by messaging Zach and being like, what are you doing for your back? And uh, yeah, I met this therapist. His name's Dr. Brandon Kalman, and he helped me through it. And since since then, I've recommended literally every single person that I even come across or see that has a back problem because like to go through what I went through, I literally cried myself to sleep at night with how much pain I was in. Like it was terrible. Like obviously I never had like, you know, bad depression where I wanted to kill myself or anything. But like at times I was like, this, this isn't worth living for. Like, it's like, what well, I don't want to ride. I don't want to do anything. Like obviously I wanted to ride, wanted to get on my dirt bike, but it only made it worse. Hmm. And uh, yeah, finally got through it. Took honestly took about six months to get to where I could ride normal again. And then I was riding supercross training. Um, and yeah, I have, I've had, I've only had one spurt where, I got back to close to where I was. Um, and that was after I tore my ACL and I had focused so much on my knee and not doing therapy for my back. Um, but now I'm in a spot now where like, I don't, I'm even with my ankle. Like I don't even, my ankle doesn't bother me. My back doesn't bother me. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of how we met. And then literally after that, Zach was going to test for, for California to, for him to possibly return to racing and, that weird time where he was back and forth from retirement and racing. And I say he retired like seven times, but um, yeah, he was, so he was riding at my supercross track before he went to Cali to test to make sure it was okay. And then after he went to Cali to test, he made the decision to, to just retire and they were going to have another kid and kind of change his ways of, of racing and stuff. And it's helped a lot. Cause it's weird. Cause we actually like switched roles completely. Mm. Um, I, I grew up racing in the woods and doing GNCCs um, up until I was really 15. Um, and then after that, I completely switched after I went to monster cup and yeah, from there on amateurs and here I am racing GPs now. Yeah. It's so cool, kind of a whole story in one. And he's like still doing your programs and you're in daily communication yep. with him. And what does your training schedule look like in a usual week, I guess in an on week and an off week. And is it hard to find tracks? I guess over there that you actually enjoy and you find you get benefit out of. 
Yeah, well, that's classified information, so I can't share that, but I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, honestly, during the week, it's just um, Monday's normally a recovery, something, some sort of recovery, whether it's gym or stretching or yoga or, or just a cycle. Um, and then uh, Tuesday is normally riding and some gym. Uh, Wednesday is a cycle or depending on how big the, the day was before, whether it was testing or not, like today was. Uh, maybe a rest day and then back on it on Thursday and then uh, yeah just to spin on Friday before the races spin on both days before the morning of racing and do the racing and that's kind of what it is week to week um, when there's a weekend off I obviously add in some more riding a bigger cycle on the Saturday um, as I would be you know that that same load I would have on a normal weekend where I am racing so that for me I have to do that much for for not having an off season and I did have an off season, but it was on Supercross. So it, the fitness is, is different. Obviously, it's you're still gaining fitness, but it's not more the endurance fitness. Um, so because because when I came back from my ACL last year, I went straight into to sprint mode, like you know qualifying laps, you know being able to to go out and have the rhythms down and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, week to week, he manages most of it, and we talk frequently, and it's just kind of like he's like my best friend now. I mean. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. And I guess a couple more before we wrap it up because it's almost got to an hour here, mate. I just wanted to get, you know, your advice for any youngsters looking to, you know, maybe one day if they're in America or wherever they are to race the world championship or if they want to race supercross, what would be your sort of key lessons to impart onto them, mate? And I guess it's a lot of the cliches like hard work and be really committed. But what would you say is from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, if if you want it, uh, never give up because there's you know there's opportunities like that can arise like they did for me um never thought in a million years literally uh zach came over for the vet mx Disney nations uh at fox hills and i went there to watch and we're sitting in the camper together just me and him and he was like dude would have never thought you'd be sitting here at Na- at vet nations with me in england like what are like I would have never said that at the beginning of this year. And yeah, I mean, just for, for any kids out there that are, you know, whether they're starting out, they've never ridden a bike in their life or they're, you know, almost to that level and they're just trying to make it and say there's a, they're a 10th place guy at Loretta's or even 30th. Like I was like, I was terrible at Loretta's. Um, You have hope like there's, you know, never give up and just kind of keep grinding. Um, But there's also the aspect of it where, a lot of kids, you know, wear themselves out from a small age because they just want it so bad or or maybe even their parents want it more. So you just got to find that love for the sport and um, get in the spot where you just wake up every day and you're like, I want to ride my dirt bike. Like, you know, it, it don't turn it, yeah, it. It turns into a job, you know, at my at my point. And, and I'm sure there's, you know, like um, guys that are even above my level. It, it turns into a job, but you still have to be able to to look at it as like this is what I want to do so I love to do and they, there's the saying obviously I'm sure everybody knows if you never work a day in your life if you you know love what you're doing so yeah mate still fueled by passion and drive and you know determination exactly best you can it's really cool and so you wanted to touch on the SMX format obviously Lawrence Brothers doing really well especially Jed obviously winning Hunter sadly had the injury and then Deegan winning it pretty cool I guess a guy you know pretty well, I'd imagine. But, yeah, what did you think of the SMX format and how good were the champions, mate? And it was pretty cool, the LA Coliseum, seeing that back in action too, wasn't it? Yeah, I was waiting for the Deegan ghost ride. 
Nobody, n- nobody told him that on the pit board. Like, come on, man, go stride the whip. <laughs> it would have been cool. Uh, yeah, it would have kind of come full circle. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it was all, all new for a lot of the riders. Obviously, beforehand, they did not know what to expect. Um, I know that that Jet said he kind of missed his setup for the first round and had to do some changes. Um, but to go from the first round to the second round. Second round was even more outdoors than the first round was. Um, and then the third round was complete supercross. So it, with no whoops, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool. It's something different and it gets something for people to look forward to because we all loved the Monster Cup. And even for me to go there and race it, like I didn't know that they were going to have the 65, 85 and then the, you know, the 250 futures at the final round. Um Maybe maybe next year they could do you know four rounds or have you know just a, a futures round or something something like that. I think that would be cool. Honestly, the first round with the sixty fives, I enjoyed that so much. Like it was so sick. Like actually, the team I was on last year, there's a little kid. His name's Easton Gray's. Uh, I think he got second maybe at the sixty five one, and yeah, them kids just freaking send in the triple and the finish line and stuff like that. Like it was sick. Um, I think the super mini one is is a you know obviously elevated that level where the kids are like almost ready for the 250s so they're going to send everything they can and they're not going to be rolling jumps out there and i think the jumps were a little big for them because of the power they had and just everyone was casing the jumps and just in doing uh that dirt in illinois is sticky but yeah it was super cool to see that and i think it's definitely something to to change change the sport for the good and uh keep everybody excited about the racing with not having monster cup anymore but it's kind of like the new monster cup in a way. I mean, these guys just won so much money. I was just looking at the payout and uh last place in the 450 class got like 30 grand. I was That's like a lot of cash in it. Yeah. You're taking it, mate. That's yep. for sure. And I was gonna say when you go back obviously to America in the off season, you'll probably be back before A1, but is there any uh, little hopes to race A1 or anything like that, mate, to go and watch it, or you'll probably be back on the grind in Europe, mate. Yeah, well. There was some talk of that at the beginning of the season with with Dixon. Uh, oh, okay. He loves it, but um, we we're not really sure yet. I don't think so. Uh, I had an opportunity actually to to come to Australia and and do the three rounds there, but um, that was uh, that was either that or Nations, and okay. uh, it ended up just kind of not playing in the cards for this year. But so uh, yeah, maybe next year I can come there and do the Australian Supercross rounds. Um, but yeah, for for now, I'm just gonna honestly put all my efforts, all my cards in for uh, for GPS next year. I just really want to have a good season and put everything, all my effort towards it. And uh, November and December is gonna be a grind. So, Zacho said I have maybe a couple weeks where I can kind of chill out, maybe go to the lake a bit, <laughs> hang out in Florida. But um, yeah, it's still. I mean, I, I probably will still ride most weeks when I get get back until November and then. Uh, November, December, and back in Spain for January testing. Yeah, awesome, mate. Good idea going to Spain, skip that England weather at that time of year, yeah. mate. So you might be able to get back yeah. on those boats as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Right down there in Spain and Mallorca, dude. <laughs> no, awesome, mate. Sounds like you're having a great time. And yeah, I'd like to thank you again for joining us, mate. It's been a ripper chat. And before we let you go, just anyone you wanted to thank in particular, you've touched on a lot of them before, but yeah, just anyone you'd like to shout out to and give the fans, I guess they probably already know, but where can they follow your stuff? Have you got some vlogs coming up? Anything giveaways coming out soon? Yeah, um, obviously everyone that, that with the team and stuff and Zach and his family and obviously my parents, like I've said, 
throughout the the podcast but um yeah i i'd love to start a vlog i've vlogged a lot this year honestly with the gopro that verb moto supplied for me um but we never just kind of got to the point where it worked and then i got injured so um yeah maybe we'll we'll do a euro vlog next year and and uh kind of keep it up and it's hard for me because because i want to film and i want to edit everything but i don't have the time so it's like uh it's tough um I just got to get it figured out where I can film, send it to somebody. They edit it for me, post it to my socials, and uh, just kind of keep it simple because I uh, went through a couple weeks where I was focusing so much on vlogging and never sent anything out. Um, and, yeah, yeah, uh, I was going to do a, a Nation shirt, so maybe we'll we'll get a Nation shirt, whether it's before or after or, you know, something, just uh, something new for me and maybe do some merch here soon, but. Nothing really, nothing really in the cards yet. But I uh, got yeah, tons of ideas. I'm sure tons of writers have all the same ideas with, with being that it's kind of how writers make make yeah extra cash. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, mate. You've got a couple of ventures you're doing as well, mate, which are pretty cool. Do you want to tell the fans about them too? Yeah. So, um, me and my mechanic, who's actually here now with me, flew in uh, yesterday. Um, we we started a grip tape company with with Zacco as well. Um. And uh, he's been doing it for a long time, ever since he started being a mechanic. And that kind of uh, has just taken off, and a lot of teams are running it. Uh, Star's running it. Kenny's running it. Um, PC's running the clear. And there's just uh, actually a lot of teams, and the GPs are not running it. So uh, there's a lot of people you know, gaining some interest for it and uh, just kind of helps with the grip on the bike and, and also to save the frame and, and graphics. So uh, it's been cool, kind of like a little hobby of mine in the beginning. So I set up the website and everything and, and help. We got a laser cutter to, to cut out tape. So, yeah, it's been pretty sweet. And now my mechanic's back home uh, running it when he's when he's in Florida or when he's he lives in Georgia. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that's awesome, mate. And Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks again. And we'll just thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill and of course even Strokes for all their incredible support as without them none would be possible alright Jack cheers again mate all the best for the nations in the off season and definitely look forward to catching up soon thank you appreciate it man cheers mate